for that. Radio. yesterday I had the chance to catch up with Professor Matt King from the University of Tasmania. We were chatting about his talk that he's giving today where he'll be discussing uh, the Antarctic ice shelf uh, and what's happening down there uh, and, and what we can expect from the melt uh, in the future. Um, how much is it contributing to sea level rise um, and... Yeah, and, and what the effects from sea level rise will have on um, not just only our area but all around the world. We talk a little, we get into a little bit about uh, Greenland's ice shelf as well, ice cap. So um, here right now is the interview that I did with Dr. Matt King, and you are listening to the Haraway's Oat Singles Breakfast here on Radio One Ninety One. All right, I'm joined by Professor Matt King, who's Australian Research Council Future Fellow uh, and Professor of Polar Geodesy at the School of Land and Food at the University of Tasmania. Good morning. Good morning. How are we today, sir? Yeah, very well, thank you. That's good, that's good. Right, you work in the area of surveying and, what's it, spatial science? Yeah, spatial sciences, so, I mean, that fits with surveying, yeah. Yeah, um, and you're in Dunedin, well you're coming to Dunedin, but you'll be in Dunedin uh, to give a lecture uh, entitled Continental Loss, The Quest to Determine Antarctica's Contribution to Sea Level Rise. Now, how much of a challenge is it to measure um, both uh, sea ice and the ice on the land of Antarctica? Yeah, so so this talk is really just about the land that's on the on the, uh, so the ice that's on the land in Antarctica. Mm-hmm. So the sea ice is, is an interesting thing, and you know it freezes and thaws largely on a seasonal basis, but it doesn't really change sea level. It has other important climate uh, effects. Yeah. Um, and so I'm going to be focusing just on the ice that's on land, um, but there are massive challenges in measuring it, and that's why for um, the best part of six decades, scientists haven't really been able to reach a uh, conclusion of whether Antarctica was growing or shrinking until actually quite recently mm-hmm. um and and the the challenges there are really about the size of antarctica um and its inaccessibility i mean we're talking about something that's uh, the best part of two times the size of australia yeah. um and ice that's um um a few kilometers thick but um we need to we need to know um a, a lot more about it than just those things in order to map its change yeah, yeah, because of course, um, not to go back to sea ice, but you can see it visually shrink and increase, right? Uh, but you, you're looking at, at density, um, how, how far, how how deep it goes, and how much it is mounting from the from the top. Am I right? Um, well, I mean, Antarctica doesn't actually melt so much from the top, um, it, it, because it's just uh, the air temperatures are just too cold even in summer. There's a few areas where there's some surface melt that goes on, mm-hmm. but in terms of the, the mass loss. Um, it's not. It's not a big issue. It's more about the ice flowing out in terms of the glaciers uh, in Antarctica, and if they're moving faster and retreating. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, sorry, go on. Yeah, and so and so um, scientists have been deploying three sort of independent approaches, three different ways of um, making measurements of the change of the whole ice sheet. Um, and uh, in the past they were in pretty big disagreement and now they've uh, in the last few years come into a pretty good agreement uh, for the ice sheet as a whole uh, showing that Antarctica is losing ice into the ocean more than it's being replaced by snow mm-hmm. and, and hence sea levels are rising because of it. 
And now you, you, one of the tools that you use is Grace, which is a twin satellite uh, joint mission f- uh, from NASA and the German Aerospace Centre. Can you tell us a little bit about that project and what, and what those satellites do? Yeah, Grace, uh, Grace is um, is one of those missions that when it was launched, people were, uh, in the scientific community uh, weren't quite sure they were believing what they were seeing. In the sense that it's it's such a fantastic new mission cons- uh, uh, concept, but it really goes back to the to the days of uh, Sir Isaac Newton, um, who told us that uh, two objects uh, are going to be gravitationally attracted um, uh, to each other depending on the distance they they are apart squared, um, and um, and these satellites. Uh, are basically responding in their orbit to the forces, the mass on the on the surface of the Earth. So if there's a big mountain range that they pass over, the one that the satellite that's closest to that mountain range will be uh, more gravitationally attracted than the one that the satellite behind. And so the two satellites move apart, in and out, in and out, um, uh, in in a sort of a cycle as they orbit around the Earth. And that in and out motion, as it's measured by the satellite uh, satellites. Um, 200 kilometres is distance, and we're measuring it to about a 50th of human hair, that distance. Mm-hmm. And as that changes, uh, we can turn that measurement into a map of the Earth's gravity field. Mm-hmm. And from the Earth's gravity field, we, we can do maps uh, month after month of changes in the Earth's gravity field, and we can directly relate that to changes in mass on the Earth. Okay, so... Um what we know about uh, the devastation of, of sea level rise is, of course, you know, the, um, and we know in terms of inundating land, you know, everybody, everybody knows, you know, it will come up and, and um, the water will inundate a, a lot of coastal areas, uh, especially a place like Dunedin. Um, but what about the shift of the weight of the water? Yeah. You know, yeah, I mean, that's, that, this is a fascinating uh, part of the problem is that. There's another gravitational effect because the ice in Antarctica um, gravitationally uh, sucks up, if you like, the ocean around Antarctica, um, and so it's gravitationally attracted to each other. Mm-hmm. And so if you melt a bit of ice or a big bit of ice in Antarctica that's on land, uh, that gravitational attraction reduces. And so you actually get a little bit of a sea level fall near Antarctica yeah. and the area around it, and the crust rebounds as well. Um, but you get a disproportionately higher sea level rise far away from Antarctica, the in, the, yeah. in, in, the, in the equator in the Northern Hemisphere. Mm-hmm. Um, and so um, in, in some ways, actually for the Southern Hemisphere, um, Greenland's ice melt and the Northern Hemisphere glaciers uh, melting um, can have a disproportionately larger effect on the sea levels we experience here in the Southern Hemisphere. That's not to say that Antarctica is not important. We really need to understand what's going on there, and there's a lot of uncertainties in terms of what is going on, but it, it shows that we can't just look at our nearest neighbour and think that actually... Um, uh, it's the only story in town. Yeah, yeah, and of course Greenland for, for other reasons too. I mean, you, you shut down the jet, the, the Gulf Stream, uh, the jet stream, and uh, you know you're going to get, um, you know, a mini ice age in Europe. Uh, you know, uh, that whole belt if that if that shuts down, we're in a, in a lot of trouble. But um, when it comes to that shift of weight to the equator in the northern hemisphere, what does that kind of mean for tecton- plate tectonics? You know, is yeah, it going so- to stability? Um, so people um, have suggested in the last few years that um, over really long time scales that the rising and lowering of sea level, and we're talking really sort of the glacial uh, scale lowering and rising of sea level of hundreds of metres, has resulted in um, effects on plate tectonics, increased uh, volcanisms at um, spreading ridges in the, in the, um, in the oceans. Yeah. That's pretty contentious still idea. Um, but we do know that other things like um, melting glaciers in... Um, Iceland has been shown to result in an increased volcanism. Mm. 
in Iceland. Mm-hmm. Um, and the increased volcanism somehow has a, a feedback because uh, it melts the glaciers that, that are sitting on top of the volcanoes as well. Yeah. Uh, and we know that there are volcanoes in Antarctica. Yeah. Um, we don't know very much about them. Um, but it's one of those things where we really want to know a lot more about those volcanoes because um, they're sitting under a few kilometres of ice and uh, we'd like to know whether they're basically never going to erupt or if, if there is a risk there. Yeah, and of course one of those is very famous in New Zealand with Mount Erebus and the Erebus that yes. uh, in the 70s. Um, all right, what, you know, what about uh, other things in terms of the mount and risk factors? What about um, sh- the shifting of the poles? You know, with all yeah. the weight getting transferred... Uh, could could that uh, tip our axis somewhat? Yeah, yeah. So so I mean, Earth's rotation axis is always moving mm. um, as a result of mass moving on the surface of the Earth or even inside the Earth, and 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 that's the the, the big driver of a lot of the ch- the change in Earth's rotation axis is is um, mantle mass moving around as a response to past changes in uh, ice sheets in particular. Um, um, uh, but. Um, uh, in 2006, there was a paper that came out that showed that actually the increase in melting of Greenland had caused a fairly rapid deviation in the direction of uh, um, the uh, migration of the Earth's rotation pole. So mm-hmm. instead of going towards uh, North America, it started to head a little bit more towards Greenland. Yeah. Um, and so uh, it's, it's amazing that actually uh, the sorts of things that are happening on the surface of the Earth, and Greenland in particular is a great example because we know for sure that a significant portion of Greenland's melting uh, is because of human-induced uh, warming. We can't say that for sure about Antarctica yeah. yet, um, but we know that for Greenland. And so we can say that humans have actually altered Earth's rotation axis, uh, and it also alters Earth's centre of mass, you know, where um, all the satellites orbit around um, that point, the, the centre of Earth's mass relative to the the crust is moving, mm-hmm. uh, and that's important for surveyors to take care of when they're um, establishing accurate measurement systems in a country that, that underpins cadastral positioning and things like that, or, or measures earthquakes. Um, and so, you know, the, the Earth is a wonderfully complicated system, yes. uh, and uh, it's, it's, it's really fascinating, I think, uh, to, to think about how um, melting ice in one place can actually affect the whole of the Earth in quite profound ways. Very much so, um, and I guess with the worry with those volcanoes, um, you know, in Iceland at the moment, and what may happen, I guess it's a long way down the track in Antarctica, um, is you know they're going to release more greenhouse gases as well, uh, and, and same with the mounting of the permafrost in um, in Siberia and, and other areas of the northern hemisphere, and they're um, you know releasing these methane traps. Um, we're going to get more and more. Of these nasty things in the in the atmosphere, and it's just going to speed up the whole process. Yeah, I mean, volcanoes are interesting because some some of the big volcanoes that have erupted in the past um, actually produce a cooling effect mm. because they they um, yes. release uh, aerosols into the upper atmosphere and it reflects uh, energy back out. Um, and so that's but that's a momentary thing. Yeah. Um, and you'd need you'd need lots of big volcanoes going off very frequently to um, reverse out of the problem that we're getting ourselves into with with fossil fuels. Uh, and the slowness with which we're sort of removing our addiction to those, um, um, but you know that we we need to we need to get onto this because uh, while we can't necessarily put human hand prints on Antarctica or at least observe them at the moment, uh, we know that you know if you continue to turn up the temperature dial of the planet, 
Yeah. Sooner or later, Antarctica is going to respond to what we've been doing, uh, and that will be particularly in the ocean, but it could be in the atmosphere as well. You know, it might be that in certain parts of Antarctica, it does warm enough to start surface melting. There's been indications of uh, rainfall in bits of Antarctica uh, uh, even in the last few years. Uh, and, you know, that, those sorts of things are like, well, OK, that's alarming even to a scientist uh, who, yeah. who doesn't expect that sort of thing to be going on in Antarctica. Well, it's the driest place on Earth. That's crazy. Well, Exactly. Exactly. Um, so, and, and I guess um, the 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 more it happens, the faster it, it increases, right? You know, um, the, the more melt you get. Yeah. Faster. Well, and, and and it's not necessarily a linear thing. Like sometimes you can push it, and it doesn't really go anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you, you push it again, and actually something major happens, and it, it continues to happen for a long period of time, even though you've stopped pushing. Uh, and that's that's certainly the way with the Antarctic ice sheet. There are certain um, instabilities that can um, be begun, mm-hmm. um, such that a glacier starts retreating and it has to keep on retreating um, uh, for hundreds of kilometres until it finds a new stable configuration. Um, and so that's one of the concerns that, that we might have actually, or the, or the natural system, or we, uh, or a combination of the two, might have already pushed some of these glaciers into that next phase. And the real concern is that by increasing the uh, warming of the planet we will increase the likelihood of those things happening in other places and, and that's going to add more to the sea level projections than we're already or, uh, already considering okay well why you know you've got a consensus now for, for the most part what are governments saying when you're taking them uh, this this stuff i know i know you can't prove that it's man-made in antarctica yet but yet you're showing them the data are they responding to it are, they, are governments worried about it so i think i think governments um responses are really mixed um you know you obviously go to the pacific islands Mm -hmm. and uh or bangladesh and they're hugely concerned as they rightly should be um you know there are substantial numbers of pacific islands that have you know let's say 50 percent of their entire nation's built infrastructure within 200 meters of the coast um you know we're talking about major effects there and you know you you mentioned dunedin as well and you know uh, i know the residents there are pretty tuned to these sorts of things um where i'm based in hobart in tasmania um local councils are doing a pretty good job actually um better job than than some of the state and federal agencies at actually um um starting the conversations with with local residents and i think it's actually the local councils that are actually almost the most important because they're the ones who have to get residents idea minds around the idea that actually you know their house is possibly going to be inundated increasingly in the future mm-hmm. um uh, and the discussion about whether the, that area is going to be protected in some way or, or or left to naturally um retreat um, and hence have loss of property and those sorts of things. So um, I th- some of the councils are doing a great job. Uh, others are sort of blanking it because f- for various ideological reasons, and ultimately that will come back to, to bite those residents who are uh, and taxpayers. Yeah, indeed, indeed. Um, well, it's, it's really interesting, um, and I guess it's something that we're becoming more and more worried about and something uh, that we... Th- Thank God that people like you are, are, are looking into it. But um, all, all in all, um, what is Antarctica's contribution to sea level rise? I mean, yeah, so sea level, yeah, sea level at the moment is going up globally, averaged, going up by about three millimeters a year, and Antarctica at the moment is contributing a bit over ten percent of that. So about a tenth, uh, so um, uh, about 0.4 of a millimetre a year. Um, and that's grown from basically zero in the 1990s, early 1990s. Um, and, you know, there's an expectation 
um, a scientific expectation that that will continue to grow. Greenland's about double that number uh, and most definitely continuing to grow in its contribution. Um, And the rest of it comes from thermal expansion, from warming the oceans and from the small glaciers, including, um, you know, some of New Zealand's glaciers. Um, uh, So the... Um, the, the picture is going to change over time. You know, eventually all the little glaciers around the planet will largely have melted um, if we don't get our, um, ourselves sorted out with, with uh, increased or uh, well, reducing the warming that uh, could come. Mm-hmm. Um, but there, there's certain instabilities in the system. We know we've committed ourselves, regardless of if we turn the, the warming uh, down even, yeah. um, we, we're committed to certain glaciers are going to melt because they're out of balance with the climate around them. Uh, parts of Greenland will continue to melt because of the same reason. Um, and then parts of Antarctica might continue to, to melt because they've been pushed over this tipping point, um, uh, whereas other, other parts are not getting any change at all. So, you know, it's a complicated picture, and it, I guess the, the, there's a nuance in that there are certain areas of Antarctica that are changing a lot, and there are huge areas that are not changing at all. Yeah. Um, and there are areas that maybe are suggesting they're about to change, but we need to look at them more carefully. Uh, and so th- there's just a lot of work to do at understanding the, not just the whole of Antarctica or the whole of Greenland, but actually what's going on from glacier to glacier to glacier, yeah. um, to look at these big vulnerable systems that, that may be changing, maybe not changing yet. So finally, um, pretty much what has begun to change down there and the glaciers that are retreating, that's not going to stop no matter what. We've got to a point now where where, um, warming has begun uh, and those those glaciers are going to retreat to to, uh, whatever point they're going to go to and we we can't stop that now. Um, I I think I think for um, there's pretty uh, um, good evidence to suggest that's the case. The thing that we can do is make it worse, um, and the hope that we have is that we can make, make it not make it worse. Um, and uh, uh, and it could get much worse. So you know that's a fairly big hope actually. That with uh, with global action that's serious, we could actually. Um, we, sh- we could reduce the potential impacts that are going on and stop areas, other areas, from, from, um, from beginning that process of retreat yeah. uh, as well. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and like you said, it's not just Antarctica. I mean, you've just got to start worrying about the Himalayas now that, that those mountains and their glaciers feed, uh, well, you know, so much water to such a large amount of uh, the world's population. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and you mentioned Bangladesh before. They get the majority of their water from the Himalayas. They're being inundated with, with you know, they're one of the countries most likely to uh, suffer great, uh, a great deal through um, climate change and sea level rises. I guess we could probably all just look at Amsterdam. We'll, we'll all look at Holland and see how they do it with their dike system, and maybe we'll get some ideas on how to. Yeah, well, I mean, and that, and yeah, and, and that's why I don't particularly fear for um, wealthy Western nations, you know, Australia or New Zealand. Yeah, you know. Uh, Individuals will find that they will, you know, they will suffer financially. But I think uh, nation, they, our nations are pretty wealthy compared to others, mm-hmm. um, and so I, I worry much more about the um, the livelihoods of, um, of of Pacific Islands and yeah. Bangladesh, and you know, the, the people who are, who have got less capacity to uh, move, and you know, it becomes a human migration story as well, doesn't it? Um, um, and uh, that's something that I don't think everyone uh, particularly thinks about when uh, they think about climate change, but it is part, a really important part of the uh, of the consequences of climate change. Well, you're already seeing what king tides are doing to Kiribati and, uh, and Niue and, uh, and many other 
uh, Pacific Islands at the moment, um, and that is a direct cor- correlation, I guess, to what's happening in Greenland and other areas. Um, right, yeah. we, we'll have to leave it there. Uh, Matt, so, thank you so much for joining me this morning. It's a pleasure to speak to you. Yes, um, so Continental Loss, the quest to determine Antarctica's contribution to sea level rise is happening um, today. Uh, at 1 to 2 at the Benson Common Room Geology Building here at the University of Otago. Once again, thank you so much, Professor King, and have yourself a wonderful day. Thank you very much. Cheers.